Chapter 79 Jerusalem, the Center of the World's Peace In this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. Haggai 2 9. It is to something still in the future that this whole passage refers to. Thus Paul expounds it in Hebrews 12.26, Now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. There was a shaking at Sinai. There is yet to be a greater and more universal shaking. There is to be the removal of the things that are shaken, so that those things that cannot be shaken may remain. Out of these shakings and removals, the successive dissolutions of the four Gentile monarchies, there comes the kingdom that cannot be moved, the everlasting dominion which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. Daniel 7:14. This kingdom is the great fifth monarchy that will stand forever. There is to be a more stable kingdom than earth has ever seen, under the scepter of the righteous king. There is to be another Jerusalem, more firmly built than that of David and Solomon. There is to be another house, more glorious than the temple of old. Both Israel and the church look for something more blessed, more excellent, and more enduring than eye has yet seen. For this it is that we must wait the advent of the great Melchizedek with his royal priesthood. 1 Peter 2 9 the arrival of the new heavens and earth wherein dwells righteousness. Then will the words of our text be fulfilled, In this place I will give peace. Here we learn, 1. Man needs peace. 2. Peace is the gift of the Lord of hosts. 3. Peace is given in connection with Israel's temple. and 4. Peace is to be especially given at the special time and place predicted here. 1. Man needs peace. He had it at first, but he flung away the pearl. Since then, everything has been trouble and conflict. God and he are not at peace. His fellows and he are not at peace. Discord, war, confusion, and hatred are everywhere. Yes, man needs peace. Man's earth needs peace. Creation needs peace. The animals on man's earth need peace. Israel needs peace. Israel's land needs peace. There is a cry for peace, often unconscious and inarticulate, everywhere. The whole creation groans. It cries for rest. For unrest is the condition into which sin has brought man and man's earth with all that it contains. There is no peace. Yet man was made for peace. Creation was made for peace. How sorely has this peace been needed! How deeply has the lack of it been felt these many ages, ages of unrest! 2. Peace is the gift of the Lord of hosts. One of God's special names is the God of peace. Romans 16 20. Man can break the peace, but cannot restore it. Peace seems a small thing. Yet it is so great that only he whose name is Jehovah of hosts can give it. Man can neither make it nor purchase it. God must do both. I create peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. John 14 27. 
It is the free gift of the Omnipotent. It is the free gift of Him who, as the Lord of hosts, the Captain of Jehovah's hosts, has fought our fight, overthrown our enemies, worked righteousness in our behalf, and secured peace for us. At His birth, peace on earth was proclaimed. He went about as the peacemaker. He died to make peace by the blood of His cross. He is our peace, who has made both one. For man, for Israel, for man's earth, for creation, He has purchased peace, and this purchased peace He is still to give. Glorious gift for a weary, unrestful world. Peace, peace to him who is far and to him who is near. Isaiah 57, 19. He gives it to his church now. He will give it to the whole earth before too long. 3. Peace is given in connection with Israel's temple. The place of peace was strictly the altar. Here the pacification was accomplished, for here the propitiation was made. From the beginning the altar was set up and the blood was shed in token of peace. Afterwards the altar was enclosed in a tabernacle, and again in a temple. From these came out the voice of peace from the Lord of hosts. Then he showed himself as the peacemaker. His peace was always in connection with his temple. No altar, no peace. No blood, no peace. These, of course, were symbols, figures, shadows of good things to come. In the fullness of time, He came who is temple, altar, sacrifice, and peace, all in one. He is our priest. He, as priest in His own house, gives peace. It is peace proceeding from Himself as the Lord of hosts. It is royal and priestly peace, peace flowing from the righteous removal of all that had broken up our peace, peace that will never again be broken, because its foundations are stable and divine, peace unchangeable and everlasting. And four, peace is to be especially given at the time and in the place here signified. Though peace has been secured, the work being done that pacifies, not to be done again, yet peace is so far just partially given. A few here and there are reconciled to God. That is all. The world still remains without peace. There is still distance, conflict, and controversy between man and God. There is still tumult, storm, and bitterness on earth. Man and man's earth as a whole are just what they were. But our text foretells a time when everything will be pacified. Then peace will be universal on earth, peace in Israel's land, peace in Jerusalem, peace issuing from the house of the Lord of hosts. Creation will have peace. The curse will depart. Evil passions among men will cease. The beasts of field and forest will have peace as stated in Isaiah 11.6. The wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the young goat. There will be nothing to hurt nor to destroy in all the holy mountain. The center and fountainhead of all this harmony, love, and peace will be Salem, the city of peace, and the house of Jehovah will be the dwelling place. Living waters, waters of health and peace, will go forth from Jerusalem, not only throughout the land, but also to the ends of the earth.
That city will be earth's holy and blessed metropolis, from which all peace is to proceed. In this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. The Prince of Peace, the true Solomon, will be the giver and dispenser of that peace to a happy city, a happy land, a happy world, and a happy race. What a scene of order, rest, holiness, and beauty when Jesus reigns and all things are put under him. Thus then we preach 1. Peace, not man's peace, man made peace, nor church made peace, but divine peace, God made peace, the peace of God, peace from God, peace in God, peace from the God of peace. Receive the peace proclaiming testimony, the gospel of peace, and be at peace. 2. Peace through Jesus Christ. It is from Him that all peace proceeds. He is the peacemaker, the peace purchaser, and the peace giver. It is with Him personally that we must deal in order to obtain it. Go to Him for it. It's free. Take it from His hand. 3. Peace now. Yes, we preach a present peace, immediate and sure, without working or waiting, simply in believing God's testimony to the work that has made peace, to the blood that has secured the reconciliation, to the love that has done all we need. And 4. Peace as the pledge of a worldwide peace. As God is now giving peace to souls, so before long will He give it to the whole earth. And we accept our peace in believing, Romans 15:13, as the pledge of a coming day of wider and more glorious peace. He who has given peace to us will before long give peace to the world. This is our hope in the midst of convulsion, war, and tempest. Come, O Prince of Peace, set up your kingdom of peace, reign in peace over this troubled world. Come, put on your crown of peace. Earth has been without you for a long time, and without your peace. Make haste, come yourself, and bring with you your everlasting peace.